welcome to Anton Notes. This is episode 90. Today we're going to talk about the 1984 movie, The Streets of Fire. Streets of Fire was a really interesting movie. Every time I see this movie, I always think, you know, they could turn that into a Broadway musical. I could see them doing that. It has one of the best title cards for a movie. It starts out, another time, another place. So this it has like a 30s and 40s vibe. It could be like a film noir type thing. Or it could take place on another planet. It more or less is up to your imagination. Everything is like dirty. It always is raining. There's only little bits of sunshine. Every, the city seemed very crowded and all these other problems. So we get Diane Laid, William Defoe, and Rick Moranis and a lot of other people, uh, too, in this film. And what's the movie about? Never seen the movie? Well, rent it or uh, buy it on DVD and then come back to me. Okay, you've seen it. Let's talk about it. So in this movie, uh, it's about this uh, really beautiful woman, right, who is a singer, and she wears these, like, leather outfits, you know, that everybody wears like these 30s, 40s outfits. She has these cut-off gloves, which I'm not a big fan of. I always like regular full gloves for some reason. Don't ask me why. But she uh, is uh, really pretty. She sings really great. We'll get to the songs uh, towards the end after we talked about the plot. So she's singing on this big concert. The place is sold out. Everybody's really excited. And... Even the cops are a little worried. So this motorcycle gang, read by this bad guy named Raven, breaks in, kidnaps her right off the stage, and uh, jumps her on a bike, and then they take off for their territory. This waitress writes a letter to her her, her brother and says, you know, I know you've been in the Army. I know you've had a lot of problems. Come, Come home. We need... We need help. So he had a thing with this pretty girl and says, you know that she's been kidnapped. He said, how did that happen? He said, oh, the bombers, that's the motorcycle gang, they broke in, they shot up the town, and they kidnapped this girl. So at first he doesn't want to help her, and he helps uh, get this really cool car from these bad guys for helping out his kid's sister, and he uh, races around in the car. The police don't seem to be able to do anything. As it says in the trailer, more or less, justice is a loaded gun. So if you have guns and you have a, a cool car or something like that in this world, you, you can survive. And there's rock and roll, too, by the way. So anyway, the guy at first says no. So then he meets this like streetwise girl. She used to be in the Army. He gives her a place to sleep, and they say... All right, he says to her, I'm, I'm going to see another guy. Tell her manager, Mr. Fish, I'll, I'll talk to him, and we'll talk business. Fish is played by the great Rick Moranis. Rick Moranis has had a long, long career. He's been in a lot of movies, Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters 2, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, and, of course, everybody who talks about sci-fi is Spaceballs. He was the Darth Vader character called... Dark Helmet. Okay, uh, he was in the news recently. He got beat up in New York, and he was he was okay. But uh, he's been in a lot of movies. He left Hollywood for a while to take care of his ailing wife. So he's a nice guy. 
He's a Hollywood legend, I would say. Okay. In this movie, he gets he gets roughed up a lot, but he plays kind of a, like a bit of a jerk. You know, one of those managers says, I can take you places, you know, that kind of thing. So he says, I want, uh, I want a grand, and I want you to come with us. because." So now it becomes like a quest film. He forms this party. He gets all these custom-made weapons, and he says... He says to the girl, "You do the driving, and you get you guide us through the Bowery because you know where everything is. I don't know the Bowery that well." And he goes, "Okay." So they go through this, and they run into Egg Bagley Jr. You wouldn't even barely recognize him. He's dressed as a bum, and he says, uh, "He tells them where the girl is being held," and he says. Um, here, uh, pay the man. He says, buy yourself some soap. I thought that was a pretty funny line. So he tells them this. You go and you go through the building one way. You stay here. He tells Rick Moranis to Mr. Fish to drive the car and uh, drive up as soon as we are ready to go. You'll know when I'm, I'm ready. He stays up on a rooftop, destroys the motorcycle gang's bikes, and they're all... And confused, he then he rushes in from the top of the building, rescues the girl, and pulls her out. They drive the car, and then they have to ditch the car. Then they eventually get aboard a bus, and they meet this black singing group with this guy led by a guy named Bird. Bird says that he stops, and he he shields them that they're packing. He goes, "Oh, where do you want to go?" So, they jump aboard the bus. They get stopped by some corrupt cops, and Fish tells them. Oh, I'm I'm the manager to this to this group. You you uh, don't have to uh, to harm us. You're uh, you know you're a uh, he tries to pay them off, but that that doesn't matter. Uh, all of a sudden, there is a a dispute with all kinds of other things going on. So they shoot their way through the barricade, blow everything up, and get out. Now we get into a little bit of this love interest. She, uh, they get aboard a train. He make it back to the, uh, back to the the safe area where this is. The cops tell him to get out of town because Raven comes to them with only two of his lieutenants and says, "Look, I want Tommy. That's the name of the hero. I want him, and after I finish with him, there will be no more trouble." So the cop tells them, "All right." So he tells Tommy to get out of town, and at first he does, and he tells the, the singing girl, she's like, well, I'm going to give up my career and everything. Why she would throw all that away, I don't know. And then he punches her in the face, not very wise, to keep her safe, tells the tough girl, take her out of town. So they do. So we got a little of a Western vibe here, a little bit of 1930s, 1940s film war type thing rock and roll adventure kind of thing going on here. So he goes in there, and he says, I'm sorry I'm late. And then the bad guy and him face down in a showdown with sledgehammers, or these big giant hammers. So they fight, they fight, they fight. Uh, Raven uh, loses his hammer, and then they proceed to beat each other up with their fists. After that, he is beaten, he is defeated, Everybody in the town, including the police, pull a gun on the uh, bombers. And his lieutenant says, let's get out of here. So they all jump on their bikes 
and they leave. They is defeated. So the girl goes back to being a singer, and the they sing a big concert at the end. They sing one of my favorite songs, which we'll talk about in a minute, and the big hit that came out of this movie. Fish tells him, thanks for helping us out. See you around, Cody. And off they, uh, off they go. He gets in his car with the tough girl, and they go, and they drive off into the sunset. And they have a big concert song at the end, the end. Is it a great movie? No, not exactly. It's one of those midnight movies you would see really late at night on Turner Classic Movies or just really uh, an obscure movie you'd see on a Sunday afternoon. Remember those movies? They used to show, like, not 4.30 movie. I'm not talking, a lot of times they would do that with a 4.30 movie, but a lot of times they would show them, like, at like really late at night or sometimes I'd show them like in the middle of the afternoon when there's no sports like in February or March and they just show an old movie or a recent movie. Now, uh, my friend who got me into this said, you should do a podcast. She said to me I should talk more about my personal reflections. So how did I see this movie? Uh, 1984, I didn't see this in the theater. And in those days... Movies were changing. So how do people go to the movies? They would either watch it on television, watch it on cable TV, wait for it to come out on video, or go to one of those theaters that was uh, that would sell tickets for like $5, and you get to see a whole bunch of movies for like a couple of bucks, like $5 or something like that, and you get to see that. You see all the trailers to all the movies that were playing there. But... They didn't uh, do that. I didn't have to do that. I just waited for it to come out on cable, and I think I rented it at my local video store. It used to be a place called Amboy Video, and you could rent stuff for very cheap. So I I never taped it. I don't mean I might have, but uh, I really liked the music, so I just taped it. And I wrote about this on Facebook recently, and somebody said, best soundtrack ever. And I said, yeah, indeed, it did have a really good kicking soundtrack. You could wind that up there with all the great soundtracks of the 80s, like Top Gun and Footloose, Cocktail, all those other big uh, killer soundtracks that everybody bought because it was so cool. In 1984, it was in 84. It was really cool to buy a soundtrack, but uh, soundtracks were uh, changing. So the soundtrack for this has some really great music in it, uh, and it is "I Could uh, Dream About You." Now, "I Could Dream About You" was the big hit out of this movie. If you listen to 80s radio like I do, you can uh, listen to the uh, listen to that song. Oh, by the way. I did uh, see this movie. I saw it on cable TV a couple of times, and I think I rented it on, on home video. Uh, that being said, tonight, uh, I Can Dream About You is the song. It's sung by this like uh, acapella gr- black group, but it was really in a Hall and Oates song, and it was sung by, by, by two white dudes. And uh, the guy that composed it, was a, a a white dude. Sometimes they just somebody writes a song and a singing group just hears it and says, "Oh yeah, we could sing that." 
So they had it done by the and and they sing it great. They even sing it even better than uh, that's how I imagine it when I hear that song. A moving sidewalks I don't see under my feet and all that. It's really, really great. If you listen to 80s radio, you hear that song every now and then. The song I really love is Tonight is means what it means to be young. And when I was looking for this soundtrack, I found it on audio tape and I said, Is it on there? And I'm like, Yes, it is. So I put it on my Walkman, if you can remember Walkmans all those years ago, and it's really uh great. It's one of those obscure soundtracks that you can find every now and then, and it's really, really awesome. Okay? Uh, what is Tonight That Means to Be Young? It's this, like, really hard rock and roll song, and they're singing about, uh, uh, she, she sings about a prince dancing at the top of the stairs, and then they sing about, but it goes, it goes it's only a dream, and tonight is for real, and the, uh, sing, uh, like, a, they all sing about this, and but it, it's over, and tonight is what it means to be young. And Rebels begin with the fire we started and all that. It's really, really great. And the, uh, the other one is the song they sing at the beginning of the movie. It's called Nowhere Fast. There's like a five or six other good songs on here. Hold That Snake and a couple of the, the bad guys sing in their bar. They sing a couple of uh, songs uh, too. Okay, it's really great. Is this a, a, a really is this a really fought provoking point? Does it talk a lot about the human condition? No, not at all. It's just a fun, really obscure movie, and you should seek it out. Now, how do you write comments? Here's what you do: when you find my picture on Facebook, after you find it and you see Anton knows, go write a little comment, be respectful, and say. Uh, what you thought of Streets of Fire. Did you like this movie? Did you ever see it before? I got it for Christmas, and I just said, you know, I never I never talked about this movie fully. I should talk about this movie. And would it make a great Broadway musical if they brought this back? I think it would, and it would be, if they said it in the world that it was uh, lit in, and maybe they could write a few other songs for it, but it would be great. I think it would be terrific if they could do it. Okay, so we'll we'll see. So that's it for now. I'll see you again on another Anto Nose.